we going? Did you enjoy your hot chocolates? They're awesome. I'm just getting myself organised. Oh, that's good, Sean. I'm glad. <clears throat> Who brought their notepads and Bibles today? Or phones? iPads? Show me. Hold them up. I've got mine. Pretty white one. All right. So tonight, um, I've got a good message I want to share with you that um, God's put on my heart over the last few weeks. And if you were here last week, Josh was speaking about the Goliath and the Goliath voice in our lives and the things that can get us down and pull us away from what God has for us. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, that's tied in really nicely with what I wanted to share tonight. Um, so I'm just going to add on that one of the Goliath voice that can be controlling us. And that's, that could be um, like the popularity or our personality types. And I'm just going to want to break some of that tonight. So my title is called, Damn, Daniel, You're Different. So I'm going to say, Damn, Daniel, again, and I want you to say, You're Different, okay? Damn, Daniel. You're Different. Awesome. All right. Um, does everyone know what Damn, Daniel, means? Put your hand up if you don't know what Damn, Daniel, means. All right. Um, Charlotte and Leah, could I just get the first video up, please? Damn, Daniel. Damn, Daniel. Damn, Daniel. Damn, Daniel. Back at it again with the white van. Damn, Daniel. Damn, Daniel. Damn, Daniel. Damn, Daniel. Damn, Daniel. Back at it again with the white vans. Dusty man. Damn, Daniel. Okay, so that's a really famous video on YouTube and social media at the moment. It's probably the dumbest video you've ever seen. And that's made them so famous. The main guy in that, Daniel, he's won a lifetime supply of vans from Ellen. So anyway, that's what... So tonight my message was called, Damn, Daniel, You're Different. Um, so in this day and age, there's such a pressure on young people, on us, to um, be popular, to follow the crowd and... Um, usually those popular kids are the, well, in my experience, the popular kids were the ones that were out drinking, the party goers and the people that weren't quite living up to the expectations of God and what we learn about in church. So growing up, it's pretty, I know what it's like growing up in a high school and being the one that's not going to the parties and feeling different. But tonight I want to encourage you guys for doing those sort of things and stepping out and being different because God's called us to be different. When we've made the decision to follow God, and even if you haven't yet, um, God has set us apart to be different, and sometimes it is hard, but tonight I want to yeah, talk about that, and so that those worldly standards that we're given at our school, at our workplaces, in our sport groups, those um, are like the Goliath voice, and I want to talk about that. Um, so yeah, we'll start off by talking about being different. And then later I'm going to talk about accepting others and the people that will come into this place that maybe are those sinners and people that you like, don't like to associate with because they don't live up to your godly standards, if you like. Um, but yeah, so I'll talk about that and so yeah, we'll just get straight into it and talk about different lifestyles and um, why we should be proud of that we're different. Um, so the first verse I want to look at is 1 Peter verse 3 and that will be up on the screen. Um, so if with heart and soul you're doing good, do you think you can be stopped? Even if you suffer 
for it, you're still better off. Don't give the opposition a second thought. Through thick and thin, keep your hearts at attention in adoration before Christ, your master. Be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks why you're living that way uh, and always with the utmost courtesy. So do you understand a bit of that verse? So it's saying that we need to um, do what is good and what's in the Bible and understand what it's saying. And even when it is hard and it says, um, even if... Uh, even if you suffer from it, you're still better off doing that because that that's what pleases God, not just doing what everyone's doing or if, you know, being at a party and someone's having a drink and be like, oh, like, I'll just have it, even though your body's telling you no and that thing inside you that people call their conscience, that's the Holy Spirit saying, like, if you know it's bad, it actually says in the Bible, if you in your heart know that something's wrong or you feel wrong and you do it anyway, that's actually sinning. If you, Because God's given us all, yeah, that thing inside of us. Um, so yeah, the whole the reason I've put damn Daniel in that you're different is because people that's what people will say when they notice that you're not swearing or not acting the way everyone else is and you're being different in a good different, they're gonna go, Damn, Daniel, you're different. Okay. Um, now just following on from one Peter three, it goes, Keep a clear conscience before God oh yeah, so conscience before God, so that when people throw mud at you None of it will stick. They'll end up realising that they're the ones who, who need a bath. It's better to suffer for doing good, if that's what God wants, than to, punish, than to be punished for doing bad. That's what Christ did defiantly, suffered because of other sins. Sorry. Um, yeah, so God set us apart. We are not like the rest of the world, and that's for a good reason. We have been um, given a greater calling by God and you might think, oh, I don't really know what my calling is or you might even be here right now saying, I'm not a Christian, I don't really want much to do with that. But um, God does have a plan for your life and it is really big and it's crazy. And um, in the Bible, there's so many crazy stories of plans that God gave to people. So last year, if you came along, you would have known that we did release the animals and we talked about Noah and the ark and how all the animals came on and all came off after the flood. And when you think about it, that's a pretty crazy story. Like, it's hard to believe that the whole world was once covered with water. And there's heaps more stories like that in the Bible, heaps and heaps. Like, I really encourage you, if you were to read some of them, you wouldn't be disappointed. There's, like, stories of fights and wars and there's stories, love stories. There's, like, everything in the Bible. And, um, yeah, God's stories are pretty cool. So I reckon you should read them. And if you don't understand something in the Bible, feel free to ask one of the leaders, Carlos, Josh, myself, um, Sam, we all um, want to help you in your journey with reading the Bible and everything. Um, so we all understand that we're called to be different. Um, and I've just got... Uh, oh, okay, sorry, I just missed a bit. Um, I've got another video to show you about being different. So sometimes being different can be a bad thing. You might be socially awkward or you might be different and have... Yeah, Carlos is putting his hand up. So you might be the computer geek and that might be really uncool or you might be really into something and that can make you different. So I just want to show you a video about someone who is that socially awkward, weird person. But um, yeah, so just show you that. My secret freckle, it's got a hair in it.
so you can get me back. I'll save that <laughs> for later. So we get the gist of it. If you've seen the movie, you know that what Frank Lee's personality is like and it is a bit different from the other people in the movie. Um, but we can be a different for a good reason. We can be different for someone that other people look up to and think, like, wow, that's really cool. I wish I could be strong like that. Or a good example of that was I really looked up to Josh at school. Josh was probably one of the most different ones in his class because he didn't go to any of the parties, he wasn't drinking and he was proud of it. He just said, no, nah, I don't need to, didn't swear or anything. And at the time, he, sometimes he would have been thinking, this is real, this sucks, like I don't have many friends, um, I, f- I feel alone, but really his treasures in heaven are going to be way better than anything he could have got at any party or anything at school. So yeah, just keep heaven in mind whenever you're doing things because that's what's going to count in the long run. All right, I've got another Bible story now. I'm going to be doing lots of Bible readings tonight. I hope that's okay. So Acts chapter 10, verse 9, and I'm going to read from the Message Bible. I like the Message Bible just because it's a bit, it's like a story. It runs like a story, and I work in childcare, so I like story time. Um, so I'm not going to read the whole thing just to save some time, but this story is a pretty, I like it. It's a cool story, and it's about a guy named Peter. So Peter's a well-known man in the Bible, um, and... So the story starts with, there's a man named Cornelius. Everyone say Cornelius. And he was a good man. Um, He had a vision from an angel telling him to go to Joppa. And that's, I don't know, somewhere, where Peter was staying and meet with him. He isn't told anything else, just to go to this place, meet with this man named Peter. And so he does it. He gets his servants to go on this um, quest to go find this man Peter. And doesn't know why, but he's just doing it because he um, had a vision with an angel. Um, So verse 9, 13, if you want to follow along with the screens, you can. The next day as the three travellers, that was the servants, were approaching the town, Peter went out on the balcony to pray. It was about noon. Peter got hungry and started thinking about lunch. Who can agree with that? While lunch was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the skies open up, something that looked like a huge blanket lowered by ropes at its four corners settled on the ground. Every kind of animal and reptile and bird you could think of was on it. Then came a voice, go to it, Peter, kill and eat. Peter said, oh no, Lord, I've never so much as tasted food that was not kosher. The voice came a second time, if God says it's okay, it's okay. This happened three times and then the blanket was pulled back up into the sky. As Peter, puzzled, sat there trying to figure out what it all meant. Okay, so that was a pretty big block of words, but back then the Jews only ate food that was pure and in the Old Testament there's lots of verses that talk about what foods the Jews could and couldn't eat and the proper ways they had to be um, killed and everything and so it says that Peter was puzzled so he was confused by the vision and didn't really know what to think he's would have been thinking about the food or maybe we'll have to eat everything now but God actually had a bigger meaning for that vision Um, and also he would have been confused because it says he was hungry so he might have been thinking was that really God just talking or was that just my stomachs? Like he probably could have smelt some, he was on the balcony so there might have been cooking pizzas down below and it was wafting up or something. So it would have been like, oh, I don't know if that's really God. Um, but then the story goes on to say, uh, 
I think you can go next, yep. The men sent by Cornelius showed up at Simon's front door. They called in asking if there was a Simon, also called Peter, staying there. Peter, lost in thought, didn't hear them, so the spirit whispered to him, three men are knocking at the door looking for you. Get down there and go with them. Don't ask any questions, I sent them to you. Peter went down and said to the men, I think I'm the man you're looking at, looking for. What's up? They said, Captain Cornelius, a good God-fearing man, well known for his fair play, ask any, ask any Jew in this part of the country, was commanded by a holy angel to get you and bring you to his house so we could hear what you had to say. Peter invited them in and made them feel at home. Okay, so that the actual meaning of the food being lowered down from heaven wasn't just to show that food wasn't, that unclean food wasn't made clean. It was actually talking about people in this situation um, God was cleansing God was cleansing God was showing Peter that he was about to cleanse the hearts of people who the Jews considered to be unclean so if you're not familiar with the Bible at this stage it was when Jesus died and went up to heaven like they started building the church so Peter was one of the um, main people in building the church and um, at the time there were still lots of um, people that were considered unholy or the Jews wouldn't really go and talk to them because they didn't meet up to their standards. But this vision was showing Peter that everyone became equal to God. Um, so then we'll just keep reading the story and it's the little subheading in the Bible that says God plays no favourites, which I think is really important in this story. So the next morning he got up and went with them. Some of his friends from Joppa went along. A day later they entered Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had his relatives and close friends waiting with him. The minute Peter came through the door, Cornelius was up on his feet greeting him and then down on his face worshipping him. Peter pulled him up and said, none of that, I'm, I'm only a man, no different from you. Um, talking things over, they went on into the house where Cornelius introduced Peter to everyone who had come. Peter addressed them, you know, I'm sure that this is highly irregular. Jews just don't do this. Visit uh, and relax with people of another race. But God has just shown me that no race is better than any other. So the minute I was sent for you, I came. No questions asked. But now I'd like to know why you sent for me. So at this stage, Peter didn't know why Cornelius had asked for him and so Cornelius goes on to say that he had a vision from this angel and he thinks it's really important that he talks to Peter. And then um, verse 34 goes on to say, Peter fairly exploded with his good news. It's God's own truth. Nothing could be plainer. God plays no favourites. It makes no difference who you are or where you're from. If you want God and are ready to do as he says, the door is open. The message he sent to the children of Israel that through Jesus Christ, everything is being put together again. Well, he's doing it everywhere and among everyone. So I've highlighted Peter fairly exploded with good news and he couldn't contain his excitement. He was, yeah. Um, so God in a relationship with Jesus is available to everyone. To the people at school that are the ones that um, are out partying and maybe the, I don't know, I don't want to, same thing rude, but like maybe the gay people or the people that are swearing all the time. So God wants to have a relationship with them. He's, no one's too far gone for God to um, live in. Um, it isn't, so yeah, Jesus is for everyone. It isn't some sacred thing for just people that have grown up in church. Um, 
So, and having a relationship with Jesus is actually like a free gift. It's like um, something you don't have to work for. God's already forgiven you and wants to have a relationship with you. You know those Woolworths cards at the moment, those little Disney things that you put in those cameras? That's a free thing that Woolworths is giving you. And having um, forgiveness from God is even better than any free thing you could get off the street or in Woolworths. Um, yeah, so getting, having Jesus in your heart and having your sins washed away is the best free gift you can ever receive. It's like the best deal ever. You get a best friend out of it, someone to go to for advice, someone who loves you with genuine love and a ticket to eternal life. That's pretty awesome, I think. Um, in church, they often say if you've been to a church service and they do an altar call at the end and invite people to accept Jesus into their heart, you might hear them saying, um, like, this is the best decision you're ever going to make and then, then other people might say, oh, like, this is a really good decision but um, life is still going to be tough and um, like, you know, it's not just going to be smooth sailing from here, which is true because life just gets hard sometimes. But having Jesus with you, I think, just makes everything like a whole lot better. You always have someone there that you can talk to and even when you do feel alone, when you are the different person, God's always there and he's the one that you ultimately want to get your um, like praise from and, yeah, rather than other people. Um, so then in, um, our, in Christianity and in church, I don't want to make it seem like any better than any other religions out there, but um, being a Christian doesn't take much effort, I don't think. I think you just read your Bible, talk to some, like talk to God like you're talking to a friend and just build that relationship with him. And there's so many people here at Youth that we want to see you um, develop into the plans God has for you. So if ever you want to talk to someone, don't like, feel like you're alone or you don't understand things. We want to help you and we want to support you. Um, all right. Sorry, I'm jumping all over my notes here. Um, thanks. <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask you a question. Feel free to answer it. Has God forgiven you? Um, do you deserve God's forgiveness? <laughs> Does God love that person at your school or in your workplace that is nasty? Does he love the druggies, the alcoholics, the bullies, the gay people? Yes. Does God forgive those people? Do they, do they deserve his forgiveness? No. Okay. So we all understand that no one deserves God's grace. Um, and we're all human and we're all the same imperfect beings and sin has taken control of us. No one is better or worse than the other and we need to understand that no sin is different. They are all equal to God. Some sins do have a bigger effect on people but all sins are the same. Sometimes it's, I struggle with that thought that if I just ignore my mum or something that she said to me, that's just as bad as going out and stealing something really expensive from a shop. Like it's all the same but... Um, God's grace covers it all. All people, no matter where they are or what they've done, um, it's covered by God when he died on the cross. So you might be sitting here tonight thinking, but I've done some pretty bad stuff. Like, I don't know how anyone could love me despite all that. But God does. Um, in Romans 3.20 it says, Our involvement with God's revelation doesn't put us right with God. What it does is force us to face our complicity in everyone else's sin. Now I've just got a video, just one more video. Um, now, this is from the movie War Room. Who went to see War Room at the cinemas? Oh, that's good. Lots of you went. So this is just one scene that is really powerful about um, the grace of God and how much he loves us. So I'll just show you that and then I'll 
yeah, talk a bit more. Oh, that's almost three pages. And I could write more, but you'll get the gist of it when you read it. Actually, I'm not going to read it. My question to you is this. In light of all these wrongs, does God still love Tony? We both know he does. Do you? <laughs> now, Miss Clara, you're meddling. <laughs> There's love in my heart. Tony, but it's just buried under a lot of frustration. So he needs grace. Grace? I don't know that he deserves grace. Do you deserve grace? Miss Clara, you have a habit of backing me up in a corner and making me squirm. I felt the same way. But the question still remains, do you deserve grace? The Bible says that no one is righteous, not even one. For we have all sinned. So really none of us deserve grace. But we all still want God's forgiveness. Elizabeth, it comes down to this. Jesus shed his blood on the cross. He died for you. Even when you did not deserve it. And he rose from the grave and offers forgiveness and salvation for anyone who turns to him. But the Bible also says that we can't ask him to forgive us while refusing to forgive others. I know, Miss Clara, but that's just so hard to do. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But that's where grace comes in. He gives us grace and he helps us to give it to others even when they don't deserve it. We all deserve judgment. And that is what a holy God gives us when we don't repent and believe in his son. I had to forgive Leo for some things. And it wasn't easy, but it freed me. Elizabeth, there's not room for you and God on the throne of your heart. It's either him or it's you. You need to step down. All right, we can stop now, it there. if you want victory, it gets pretty intense after that bit. But if you haven't seen the movie, I really recommend you see it. We've got it at our house if you want to borrow it. It's really awesome. Um, so that video, I just wanted to show you that because it's just um, real-life application of... So that, the main lady there, she was having problems with her husband. And so um, this lady was saying, despite of all his wrongs, like, you need to show him grace and love from God. And she's saying, yeah, but that's really hard. And she's saying, that's where... Like, God needs to come and he needs to do it. Because through our own strength, we can't do that. And it's really hard to <clears throat> forgive people. Um, uh, so we know, when we know we're sinning and doing the wrong thing... Oh, yeah, we're still finished. So we know we, when we know we're sinning and living the wrong ways, and sometimes we can just expect just God's forgiveness. We go, oh, well, God still loves me. Like, even I know it's wrong, he's still going to forgive me. But I think we really need to grow up out of that and um, stop living that way because doing that and just being like, oh, well, God, you still love me, right? Like, if, I know you've already died for me. and But then what? how are we being different to anyone else if we're just going to keep living that way? I think there's, yeah, we can definitely do more. And the God's love is so great for us. like, And he still loves us even though we sin and we're not going to be sinless ever. But God loves us so much. And that's, 
that's just huge when you think about someone loves you that much that no matter how much bad stuff you've done or someone who has done the worst thing that you could think of, God still loves them just as much as he loves you. And that blows my mind sometimes that someone can love us that much. Um, yeah. Um, and he continues to pour out love and grace and hope on us, every, on every single person. And that's just, yeah, a really awesome part of knowing who God is and being in a personal relationship with him, that he just loves you that much. And it just makes me want to read my Bible and pray and get to know him more because he loves me that much. In Psalm 68, it says, um, God's love is constant and true. He adores us. And I want you to take hold of that tonight. Say, he adores me. Say it. He adores me. Yeah. Um, so when I went to Thailand last year, I went on a missions trip with Emily and Michael and Gabrielle, some people in our church. And um, one of the really big things that I noticed in Thailand was just the culture. It's so different to here and everyone's a lot more spiritually aware and... Um, over there, it's 95% Buddhist, that's the percentage of the country, and the other 5% make up everyone else, so the Muslims, the Christians, the Hindus, and the non-believers. That's 5% that make up, and the rest is Buddhist. Um, and so that really shocked me, just that every, per, every person you saw was Buddhist, and there was the monks in the orange walking around everywhere, there was huge temples, and they just have so much emphasis on their spiritual life and all that. Um, and so... One night when I was just sitting there talking with Emily and we were just reflecting on the day and I was just thinking how much... So if a, pers- if a Buddhist person is going to become, become a Christian, they literally have to leave their lo- old life behind. So for us, we can have that turning point and say, yep, I'm going to follow Jesus. But when you're living in a country like that where everyone's Buddhist and you say, yeah, I want to follow Jesus, I'm going to make that stand you are literally leaving your old life behind. Your family will most likely disown you and say You've, you're getting kicked out and banished from our family. We, like, we're never going to see you again because you've disgraced us because you're not following the religion anymore. So, um, and that was pretty huge for me. I said, I don't know if I personally would have the strength to do that if I was in that situation and was like, realise who God was and was going to follow him and then having to lose all your worldly possessions, your whole family are going to like, leave you. And then it was the next day we met with a lady at the river team in Thailand and she had come from that exact situation. She grew up in a Buddhist family and her dad was um, like really high up in the temple or whatever it is, the church up there. And um, when she became a Christian she had a bible in her room and he found it one day and he was actually going to kill her that was how bad it got and so things like that it's just um it's really makes me feel blessed that we live in Australia and have that free choice to pick whatever um religion we choose and for us we're Christians but um and if someone becomes a Christian they're not having to give up that much really like well I don't think personally I just think we've got to we're really blessed in Australia and we need to, if sometimes you're struggling to pray and thank God for something, just thank him for living in Australia and being in a country where we get to choose what um, we do and coming to church and coming to youth like this. In other countries it's really hard to do that. Um, So I want to encourage everyone that we have been called to love people. No one deserves God's love, but he gives it anyway. He loves us so much that he sent his son to die for us and all the other people, and we can share that love with others. It says in Acts 28, so we're talking about Paul, a great man in the Bible that followed God with his whole heart, and it says um, his doors were always open. So Paul was 
um, going around the world, this is also at the start of the early church, and he was sharing God's news with everyone. And in one of the towns he was at, he was staying there for two years, and it says, he urgently presented all matters of the kingdom of God. He explains everything about Jesus Christ, and his doors were always open. So I want youth, this place where we're at now, and even church, to be a place where doors are always open. We're always welcoming new people, always loving them, and sharing um, the message of God with them. Um, Now, I have a challenge for everyone. Who wants a challenge? No? Not getting a big response. Um, Sean, can you please pass a piece of paper and a pen to everyone? I don't know if there'll be enough pens for everyone, but just share it with the person next to you. Um, So on the piece of paper, when you get it, I want you to write down a person's name that you, just one person that you feel you can mentor or be a friend to and encourage over this year and eventually speak to God about. I want you to write one person that comes to your mind. You don't have to write it now. You can write it when you get home. But just right now, think about someone in your mind that you feel you could be a friend to, a mentor to, and eventually speak to God about. And Because um, I believe God's given us love and we need to share that with other people. So I just want to give you the challenge to write someone's name down and... Um, Once you've written it down, maybe stick it inside your Bible or stick it in your pocket or somewhere you're going to remember it. And then over the week, I want you to pray for that person. And if you see that person, if it's from your school and you see them at recess or lunch sitting by themselves, go and sit with them and start talking to them and become friends with that person. Or if this person you're writing down is from your work maybe or a sports place, ask to catch up with them. If you're a boy and you like playing Xbox, ask them to come play Xbox or... If it's someone from your work and you want to go out and get coffee, do that and just become friends with them. And that's just one way that we can start sharing God's love. And if everyone here does that and just brings one extra friend, we're going to double in size. Um, So um, I don't want those names that you're writing down now just to be a name and then just forgotten about. I really want you to hold on to them and pray over them and believe for a change of heart and a total life transformation that only God can do. Keep it in your Bible so every day when you read it, you can read it with a purpose and a passion to bring someone else to God. So has everyone written their name down? Thank you. So um, in, just in closing, I'm almost finished. I just want to give you um, five points to um, help you on this challenge of bringing someone along to, to youth. So, um, in, sorry, can you put the next Bible verse up? I think there's one more. Yeah, in 1 Peter 3, it says, um, be agreeable, be sympathetic, be loving, be compassionate and be humble. Uh, No exceptions, no retaliations, no sharp tongue, no sharp tongue sarcasm, instead bless, that is your job. You'll be a blessing and receive a blessing. So when you're thinking about this person or when you see them, be agreeable, be sympathetic, be loving, be compassionate and be humble and bless them and be a loving friend to them and that will, they'll notice something different in you and um, it'll be a good different, it'll be a God different that will draw people in and yeah, so I hope you can stick with that challenge and if you need some help, just talk to me or talk to Josh or any of the other leaders here and we're happy to help you and we want, I want to... Um, see the results of this and 
hopefully we can all stick to it and see some awesome God results.